The text says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make his boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord. He heard me. He delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto him and began to radiate. Their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried out. The Lord heard him, saved him from all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, stick to your story. Give the Lord a great hand of praise. Amen. As worshipers continue to enter, amen. The African-American worship experience telling our stories of triumph and deliverance is as an important part of the worship as anything that takes place. It is our way of telling God thank you for the everyday things that he does in our life. It is our way of testifying, if you will, publicly about what God has done personally and privately. In years past, it was common for us to gather and to allow for the personal experiences that glorify God to give witness to others and give them hope that God is listening and answering prayer. Sometimes it would resonate that one person in one place would get happy about something and they would simply say what God has done but somebody else needed to hear what they said. It's the call and response of black worship of gathering in places where we simply lift up the name of the Lord and we talk about what he has done. It is what we do when we get together and we start saying our stories and what we have gone through, but yet we survived and now we're here as a witness to reveal personally what God has done. True testimony offers hope to other people. It tells the worshipers and strengthens us in our corporate gathering with our individual struggles. We get together as one group, but yet as we begin to talk about, to look at, to connect with, and to resonate of the individual stories of people, we begin to say the same thing that God did for them. We'd love it if he would do it for us. We hear about how he made a way 
how he makes things happen in the life of those who seek him. And the word of God bears witness to this because in Revelation 12 and 1, it says that those who were wayfarers and strugglers overcame by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. In other words, they just got together and they just kept on telling the story of what God had done and that the, he could make a way. It was like one survivor would get in and stand up and tell his or her story and after they told their story, someone else would hear it and if they had not yet experienced what they were talking about, when they got to that point, they remembered what someone else had said and said, God is able to do it. That's what testimony does. And sometimes in the testimony circle, what happens to us is that when it's not centered properly, people try to one-up the testimony of the other person. But I need to help you on today. Whenever you gather, it is not that you're trying to one-up anybody's testimony. It is just that you recall what the Lord did for you at that particular point in time and how the Lord has been personally, intimately intertwined in your life and involved in your experience, your faith journey, and that alone is enough to make you happy all by yourself. It does not require what someone else does. You don't need what they do. You don't have to express yourself the way they express themselves, but you have your own way of glorifying God and telling the Lord, thank you for the things that he has done. Psalm 34 is one of those psalms. It is an acrostic, if you will. It takes every letter of the Hebrew alphabet, and David begins to write of something good that the Lord has done for him. And when he thinks about what God has done, he begins to testify openly among the psalms and the psalmist, and it is such a powerful psalm that it was included in all of the book of the Hebrews that they would sing about for years and years and years. Now, yet it was a personal experience. It was one man's story, but that one man told his story so firmly and he, so, he told it so poignantly that others caught on to it. Y'all will catch that in a minute. It's like hot coals, if you will, in a kettle. All you need is one to catch on fire and when one catches on fire, it seems to hook up with the one next to it and you start having moments where you realize that maybe it wasn't the same thing that he did for me, but it was something that he did for me. And sometimes all it takes is something, not the same thing, but when you think of something that the Lord has done, tell your neighbor that's good enough right there. Here in this particular psalm, like any good psalm, David is writing about God and giving God total praise in this writing. He looks at God from two perspectives, if you will, and we have to see this because there are times in our life that we have to see God as antagonist and protagonist at the same time. Maybe he's operating on one side in ways that I do not like, and maybe he's operating on the other side in ways that I love, but nonetheless, because he is God our Father, everything that he does is for my good. Job had that experience with God. He looked at him as both antagonist and protagonist, if you will. At one point, Job said, I, I, if I could find him, I'd like to have a conversation with him about the stuff that I'm going through. I, I know you don't ever have moments like that. You don't ever have moments where you look and wonder if you could meet with God and remind him 
him of the things that you are experiencing and you don't want to talk with him because you're upset about the stuff that's going on. But the same guy, Job, came back later and wrote, I know that my Redeemer lives. And so on one hand, he was saying, God, I'm not cool with what you're doing. But on the other hand, he was saying, I know that what you're doing is for my good. You'll catch that in a minute. You don't like it, but yet you'll say he's working on me. But then Jeremiah has the same problem with the Lord because in chapter 20, verse number 7, he declares that the Lord has deceived him. He said, God, you deceived me. You told me to tell people about you and how good you were, but yet you have allowed me to get caught up and thrown into dungeon situations, and here I am in the worst parts of life. He said, I'm not going to tell anybody else about you. But then he thought about how good God was, and he said, I could not hold it. It was like fire shut up in my bones. He said in the Lamentations of Jeremiah, he said, this I recall to my mind, therefore have I hope that it is because of the Lord's mercies we have not yet been consumed. Pause and praise him right there, because whenever you have a complaint against God, you ought to go back and think about how many times the Lord has spared your life. I know you can't praise him because you want everybody around him to think you've been good all your life, but for the 10 or 12 of y'all that I know, and 10 or 12 of y'all that know somebody that I know, and the other 150 of y'all who saw me when I didn't see you, but for the 200 of y'all that I saw that you didn't see me, you need to go ahead and tell God thank you for that, because there have been some things that we should have been consumed for, but the Lord didn't give us what we deserve. He gave us what we desired. He gave us blessing in place of the things that we know should have happened in our life. And Jeremiah said, yeah, even though I was in the dungeon, it's because of your mercy that I have not been consumed. Is there anybody who can thank God for his mercy on the day? Because mercy does for us uh, what, 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 what punishment seeks to do. Mercy removes it out of the way. And I'm glad that God is a merciful God and he's always standing in the gap. Not only does Job have this protagonist, antagonist uh, relationship with the Lord, not only does Jeremiah have the antagonist, protagonist relationship with the Lord, but Jesus himself has the same relationship. Notice when he's hanging out on Calvary's cross, he said, my God, my God, why have you of all people forsaken me? Now, I know you can't shout with me right there, but there are some of us in here that feel forsaken sometime in our life because when things aren't going the way we want them to go, preach pastor, I think I will. We'll start telling God, God, you've left me out here all by myself. I, I got qualified, but I still don't have a job. Here I am trying to do what's right, and everybody else ain't doing that, and here I am. But yet in the same breath, before he could get through saying, why have thou forsaken me? He says, into thy hand I commend my spirit. In other words, I don't trust nobody with the precious stuff in my life other than you. Do I have anybody in here that sometimes it's a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and you feel that way with God? I need some praisers in here today because God can handle all of that. He can handle your ups and your your downs. He can handle your in and your out. He can handle your pouting as well as your praise. He can handle when you don't like him and he can handle when you love him because he's still God and he's still working it out on our behalf. That's why David said, I'll bless the Lord at all times. Is there anybody who knows that all times are not good times, but every time is a great time to bless the Lord. He said, I'll bless him when he's doing stuff that I don't like. 
I bless him when he's doing stuff that I'm crazy about. I bless him when I got to pay a big bill that I shouldn't have to pay, but then I thank him for letting me have the money to be able to pay it. Is there anybody in this household today that knows that the dichotomy of worship is not always what we want it to be? But tell somebody, I got a good God, and I'll bless him at all times. I'll bless him for the yesterdays that I don't understand. I'll bless him for the today that I'm experiencing him right now. And I'll praise him in advance for tomorrow that I don't know about. But yet he's a God that's worthy of praise all the time. That's why he says, I bless him at all, at all times. In other words, you may not feel like it. Tell your neighbor, you don't always feel like it, but he's always worthy. I don't, I don't hear enough of y'all saying that you may not always feel like it, but he's always worthy. That's why I'm glad Moses said, from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. In other words, he was God before you got here. He's God while you are here. He'll be God when you leave here. He's been God of yesterday. Hey, he's God of today. And he's my God of tomorrow. He's not a God that's confined to time. He's not a God that can be put in on your iPad and in your daytimer. He's the God that looked out for you before you got here. And he's the God that's making a way for you while you're here. And he's a God that's got you set up for your tomorrow when you can't set it up for yourself. Do I have any witnesses in here? that know that it's good to go ahead and bless God at all times. Tell somebody you don't always feel like it and you don't always like it, but go ahead and praise him anyhow because he's the God that doesn't get in a hurry about your situation in mind. Bless the Lord at all times and his praise will continually be in my mouth. Now here's what he says. He says, my soul, I'm trying to get to it. He says, my soul. See, David is setting up his testimony. He's setting up his testimony. And, and you understand in the structure of the first eight verses of this particular psalm, he's just getting ready to tell folk why he praises God so much. Uh, verses 1, 2, and 3, he's just talking about God. And he's setting his testimony up. You know, every good testimony uh, need to be set up. Uh-huh. You know, every good testimony in the church need to be set up. You know how folk would set up their testimony. First, giving honor to God. Who is the? I like to say I'm glad to be in the house of the Lord. Because he brought me from her. I could have been dead sleeping in my. But God made death. God is a good God all the time and all the time. He's a bridge over. He's a mother to the. A father to the. A doctor in the. Lawyer in the. He's the lily of the valley and the bright in. He got up early one Sunday morning with. Pray for me as I grow strong in the law. Do I have anybody in here? That ain't the testimony right there. Just tell somebody that was the setup right there. Tell somebody I'm just setting it up right there. In other words, I ain't said nothing about how good he is. I'm just telling you what he's already done. Do I have anybody in here that can think back over your life and remember how God has been good to me and to you? Well, David, set it up. Tell somebody, set it up, man. Set it up. Here's what he does. Here's what he says in verse 2. He says, my soul, my soul shall make his boast in the Lord. Now, can I help you in here? Uh, your hands can't handle this. Your hands are simply doing what your soul tell it to do. Your hands may not want to go up. 
Because some of us come to church with body language that expresses how we really feel. You in your closed position. You ain't open to nothing right now. But if you sit there long enough and the song gets right and the praise gets hot, one hand will fall down. But then you'll take that old other hand and start fixing stuff around. But then when you start looking at your purse and recognize where you bought it from and you got a little money on the inside of you will let that other hand fall down. And before you know it, you're standing on your feet. You done reached over and shook somebody's hand. You done high-fived somebody. That's not happening because of your flesh. It's happening because your soul starts thinking about the goodness of the Lord. Your soul is a repository for the works of God. And when you start thinking about what God has done, your body can't help but to behave. Do I have anybody in here? Touch your neighbor. Tell him, I didn't mean to lift my hand. I didn't mean to clap my hands. I didn't mean to stand on my feet. I didn't mean to walk up to the altar. I didn't mean to shout so loud. But I start thinking about what God did for me. And when you think of the goodness of the Lord and all that God has done for you, your body can't help but to do what your soul commands it to do. Here's what he says. He said, my soul makes its boast in the Lord. Tell somebody that this is not a fleshly response. This is my soul. The eternal part of me that has a hookup with God. See, God don't speak to your flesh. Can I preach it like I want to? Your flesh don't always feel like it. Somebody mad right now, but you're shouting anyhow. Somebody upset right now but your hand's still lifted up. Somebody don't like what God did last week, but yet you'll praise him anyhow. Do I have any witnesses in here that David said, I don't care what time it is, my soul will make its boast in the Lord. Well, watch this. I got to move. Here it is. What David is saying is that his soul is going to brag on God. His soul is going to boast on the Lord. His soul is going to become braggadocious about the goodness of the Lord. I wonder when is the last time you bragged on God. I know you talk about where you came from, how you got there, what school you went to, how small your waist is, how long your hair is, how nice your eyes look, and all the other stuff. But this is stuff that's going to fade one day. I know you brag in the house that you live in and the car that you drive. But one day it ain't going to work no more. And one day you're going to want to sell that house anyway. But when is the last time you bragged on the Lord? When the Lord gave you what the enemy tried to take from you. When he gave you peace in the middle of a storm. When trouble was all around you and you didn't lose your mind. When sickness showed up in the room, but you walked out with your hands and your head held up. When is the last time you told somebody God is an able God? When is the last time you told somebody if, if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, I would have lost my mind by now. Do I have any braggers on God up in here? Folk who don't mind saying I'll brag on him everywhere I go. I'll tell folk what he's done for me. 
I can look back over my life. I know man didn't do it. I know mama and daddy couldn't do it. I know sister and brother wanted to do it. But there ought to be somebody who can wave your hand in your preacher voice and shout if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side. I would have lost my mind. I would have thrown in the towel. I would have given up and walked away from the job I have. But God kept me. David is realizing, oh Lord, can I preach it like this? That where he is, is because of God. I wish I had somebody who could say where I am is all because of him. I didn't make it here by myself. He looks at his life and realizes what he has survived. He realizes what he has come through. And then he invites folk to join in a cacophony of voices and sing background with him. He said, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. He basically saying, you ain't got to be able to sing. Just back me up on this. And that's what we do sometimes. Sometimes it's just simply one person saying what God has done, and the rest of the people say, yeah, uh-huh, amen. You sure right about it. I know he will. You may not have the same words, but you got the same testimony. He's saying that this is the time that there's room in my story for you. In other words, I am not the only one who God has been good to. He begins to tell the story, and I got to get out of your way. He says, look, let me tell you what the Lord has done. Verse 4, he says, I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and he delivered me from all my fears. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I was leaving that out there for you. Because I don't know what your fears are. I don't know what brings anxiety into your life. I don't know what worries you. I don't know what troubles you. I don't know what races through your mind in the midnight hour. I don't know your private thoughts. But I do know that God will hear you. And I do know God will answer you. And I do know he's able to deliver. But he said, I sought the Lord. So in other words, here is a man who seeks God. And God hears him. And then God responds to what's happening in his life. Now, I don't know about you, but I like that because here it, was, it says to me that God, my creator, never gives up his creative relationship with what he has created. He always reigns and maintains authority over that which he has made. He does not sell it and distribute it so someone else can determine its outcome. I need to help about 10 of y'all in here. You understand that there are some fine things in life that have people's names on it, but yet when they get finished with the product, they'll put it on the market and get rid of it. There are some fine pianos that cost 30 and 40 and 50 and $100,000, and they will invite you to come and play them and look at them and the name of the artist will be on the piano. But once you put down the money, the piano belongs to you. And when the piano is out of tune, you got to call somebody who's qualified to work on it and try to get it and fix it up. They may not send somebody from the factory. They'll send a local representative. Somebody going to miss a real good time to shout. Here is what I like about God. When God made me, he retained the rights to my soul. He retains the right to everything about me so that when something is hurting me all I got to do is fall on my knees and talk to my God 
and when I talk to him in secret prayer, tell somebody he will meet you there. He'll come and see about you. And not only will he come and see about you, tell somebody he knows just what to do. Is there anybody glad today that's glad God does not give up the rights to what he made in you? Well, he said, I sought the Lord. He heard me. He delivered me of all of my fears. But then he goes on to say, in verse 5, they looked. Now, please get this. He moved from I to they. I, I, I thought about that because up to this point, it's just been a testimony of one man. It's been personal. It's been David. It's been private. It's been confession. It's been all about David. But what David recognized was that there was some folk around him whom God had been good to, too. Mm -hmm. He said they looked to him and were radiant. And their faces were not ashamed. In other words, he didn't know what they were going through. But he just knew they looked better than they had been looking in the past. Every now and then, you get an eye glimpse of somebody. And you don't know what's happening. You just know when it get better. Uh-huh, I know y'all going to look at me kind of strange. This morning, I looked at one of our deacons. And one of our deacons looked back at me. And we started giving God private praise because we saw God doing something for somebody else. And I didn't know that they knew. And they didn't know that I knew. But when we looked at each other, we just knew that God was working. Not on his part and not on my part, but on somebody else's part. Y'all will catch it in a minute. It ain't always got to be about you that you give God praise for. We met privately and started thanking God, not for what he had done for him or for me, but what he had done for somebody else. Y'all will catch this in just another moment. You're going to look around one day and you're going to see some people better in your near vicinity, some folk better in your family. And you're not going to know what it is God has done, but you're sure going to be glad God did it. I ought to have some folk in here today that's got a little praise left over, a little gratitude left over that you can give God and tell your neighbor, this ain't about me, but this is about what he's done for somebody else. Here's what he does. He said, this poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him, saved him out of all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. Here's what he does. He says, look, God is so interested in guarding the peace and sanity of everybody in here that he dispatches an angel to sit around you so no harm can come into your situation and he'll keep you at perfect peace. That will keep him at perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. He'll guard your heart like a soldier guards his post. He's saying, in other words, I'm not going to let yesterday or today run you crazy. He said, I'm going to have an angel sit around you. And even when you think it's about to fall apart, I got it under control. He said, but here's what you got to do. David says this, and I'm getting out of your way. He said, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Here's what he said. After everything I told you, you still got to try it for yourself. I'm gone. I'm done. I'm finished. You still got to try it for yourself. Uh, uh, I, I, I'm not a big fan of certain types of chicken salad. Yeah. 
Because some of y'all be putting stuff in the chicken salad that don't belong in the chicken salad. Some of y'all done picked up some apples, grapes. If I wanted a fruit cup, I'd order a fruit cup. But in my chicken salad, I just want chicken salad. Gary came in here one day. He said, Pastor, I got something for you. I said, what you got, Gary? He said, chicken salad. I looked at it. I said, thank you, Gary. But I looked at it. I said, I don't know nothing about these folks. Chicken salad. Here's what Gary said. Try just a little bit. He said, I promise you, you're going to like it. He said, and then you're going to want me to go back and get you some more. He said, taste and see for yourself. He said, this is good stuff right here. Uh-huh. I've heard that before. I've heard people tell me that before, right? So I let Gary politely turn and walk out the room, put the chicken salad in the refrigerator. There it sat until I got a little hungry. I said, okay, I'm going to try it for myself. I tried a little corner. It was good. I called Carolyn. I said, bring me two slices of bread. Toast it if you don't mind. Around here tomorrow, she said, Pastor, what you want on? I said, just bread. I made me a sandwich. A sandwich is when you put it all pretty. A sandwich is when you pat it together like that. You put a lot on there. I made a sandwich, S-A-M-M, right? No, no W's in this. And then I ate it. I made the mistake of taking it home. And the people at the house liked it as much as I did. They ate my chicken salad. I got a problem with that because I don't find chicken salad that I like everywhere I go. And then I called Gary. I said, Gary, tell me, uh, bring me some more of that chicken salad. And Gary would text me and say, I hooked you up. I put it in your refrigerator. I would eat it a little bit. Then I still made the mistake of taking it home. And the folk at the house would eat up the rest of it. But then one day, I wanted it so bad that here's what I did. I said, Gary, tell me where you got the chicken salad from. Now, I'm not going through Gary to get what I want. I'm going to the source, and I know how to get there. But now, let me tell you how good the source is. Not only does Gary not have to go to the source for me, not only do I not have to go to the source, if I have not come back in a few days, the source started looking for me. Y'all will catch this in a minute. When you taste and see how good it is, not only will you find it for yourself, but it'll be so sweet to you, it'll come get you when you stray away. I wish I had somebody in here that know that they got a relationship with the Lord and you will bless him at all times. Tell somebody his praise will continually be in your mouth. Your soul makes us boast in the Lord. Tell somebody I tried him for myself and he's sweet, I know. And God has what I need and I'll go to him. I don't have to go through nobody to find out how good he is. High five your neighbor, tell him I know how good he is for myself. But you got to try him for, for yourself. I'm finished. I heard about your test, but now let me hear about your testimony. Would you pray with me standing all over this building? All over this building, pray with me. I want you, if you need to come to this altar, to come to the altar today. I'm going to pray with you because sometimes our testimony gets locked up. 
we stop telling folk about how good God is to us. Testimony just is not about was. Testimony is about is. There is the isness of God in my life. The right here and the right now. God is keeping me. God is making a way. The Lord is shielding and protecting me. The Lord is keeping me. The Lord is providing for me. The Lord is interceding on my behalf. Take somebody by the hand. Here's what I need you to share with them. This is a good time to bless the Lord. No matter what's going on, it's a good time. I bless him at all times. I'm finding a way to keep some praise in my heart so it'll come out of my mouth. What am I getting out? I'm getting anger and malice and bitterness out of the way. Because if those things are in the way, it's trying to choke out my testimony. It's trying to silence my praise about God. God, I got a better story to tell. Here's my story. I prayed, you heard me. Not only did you hear me, you came to see about me. God, you were good to me. You made a way in my situation. But not only did you do it for me, you did it for some folk around me too. You see, because every prayer was not about me, God. Many of them were about those who were connected to me. I, I see the radiant joy in their lives, and I see the good things that you're doing. Every head is bowed and every eye is closed. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord for a story that I have to tell. It's my story. It doesn't sound like anybody else's. No, my car didn't flip over three times and I've never had to be delivered from any addiction. I've never had to go through this way or that way. My testimony is, is that you kept me from ever having to go through that. Thank you, God. I'll bless you, oh Lord, that you delivered me from the need of having to experience certain things. Thank you, God, that you have made a way in my life. My testimony may not be what my neighbor's testimony is, but it is my story. And God, I'm glad you were there in every line and every page of it. Thank you, God, that I can bless you from the rising of the sun to the setting of the same sun. Thank you, God, I realize that you've been the God who answered my prayers. Thank you, Lord, I remember the moments in my life that I needed to magnify you above all things. Now, Lord, let me brag on you for a little bit. Let me tell folk about you every time I can. When people give me credit for something, let me give the glory back to you. When people remember what has happened in my life, let me say it's all because of you. Whenever someone tries to give me any testimony of how good I am, let all of the glory rest at your feet because you are the God that's made a way out of no way. If it had not been for you in my life, I don't know where I would be. But thank you, Lord, that you have been my keeper. You've been my shade on my right hand. You've been the glory and the lifter up of my head. You've been my company keeper when I've been alone. You've been the one that paid the bills when my money ran out. You were the one that put the roof over my head. You were the one, God, that when I was angry, you didn't let me act out of my anger. You were the God that when I didn't have a job, you kept on connecting the dots in my life. You were the God that saved my soul. You delivered a wretch like me from a burning hell. Thank you, God, that you continue to make a way in my life. 
Now, God, I'm going to invite somebody to magnify you with me and to taste and see of your goodness and your glory and tell you thank you in advance. Now, God, I got some overdue praise I need to give to you right now. I need to tell you thank you for the things you've done. I need to tell you how grateful I am. I'm not going to wait till Thanksgiving, God. I'm going to thank you right now. I'm going to thank you every chance I think about it. I'm going to lift up my hands when ain't nobody saying nothing. Just when I remember your goodness in my life, I'm going to tell you thank you for your goodness, for you've been mighty good to me. We believe it all in the matchless and marvelous name of Jesus the Christ. All of those who love the Lord said thank you and amen. Come on, give the Lord a great hand of praise in this house on today.